0: Thanks for listening to the Faith Assembly podcast. If you're in the Orlando area, we hope you're able to join us for one of our services. Please check out faithassembly.org for more information or follow us on social media at faithORL. We hope this message will be an inspiration to help you find all that God has for your life. Enjoy the message.
1: Amen. Well, thank you for all that you do to advance the gospel meeting needs, reaching people all over the world, and we get to be a part of it. Amen. Yeah. And uh, so thank you for just being obedient in that. And Pastor Matt, welcome to the campuses a moment ago. But I want to uh, specifically mention the Michigan Street campus because today there is a huge celebration going on at that campus for their 10-year anniversary, being a part of like our, our faith family. Amen. Yeah. And uh, so... Uh, when I pray i 'm planning on praying for them as well in just a moment. If you do have a copy of god 's Word, you can go to Matthew chapter seventeen uh, we 've been in this uh, series called "What kind of Church is this?" and uh, so glad that you 're here today for uh, the continuation of this of these messages. Also want to just mention my sister is here today, all the way from California, Lynette Perky is here, and uh yeah. So if you want any stories on me, uh, don't bother, because I've already, already told her to keep her mouth shut. Amen. <laughs> Not really. Uh, we're going to read from Matthew chapter 17, though, in just a moment. And, um, but first, let's, let's pray, because today, um, man, it is an important message. We've been saying uh, via social media this week, uh, I hope you are bringing your mountain to church. Um, we are... A believing church you should be glad that you have found yourself in the midst of a group of people that believe what the word of God says and we do we believe the word of God and we're just gonna we're gonna pray right now an anointing on this word that our faith level would just rise as we just hear uh God what God has to say to us today prophetically through his word so would you pray with me that that would happen father in Jesus name We thank you for what you're going to do uh, in this environment, God, across our campuses. Lord, we take a moment and just pray blessing over Michigan Street as they celebrate this 10-year anniversary. God, may this year just surpass all other years, God. I just pray blessing and abundance, God, in every way, and we thank you for that. Father, give us ears today to hear what you are speaking to us I pray, God, that your word would be more than enough in this room, that the the word would spark something in us, and I thank you for mountains. We thank you in advance for mountains moving. Come on, somebody thank God in advance right now. We thank you in advance for mountains moving in this environment. In Jesus' name we pray, and everybody said? Oh, come on, everybody said? Amen. That's better. I like it. Get Get used to saying some amens up in here. We're a, we're a hollerback church. <laughs> I don't know. All right, Matthew chapter 17. We're working on it. I know. Matthew chapter 17, uh, verses uh, 14 through 20. And uh, you should have received when you walked in a little bag. And uh, if you did not receive this or you don't have this, you can hold up your hand or ushers are going to come through and just try to hit everybody who still needs. If you haven't received a little bag of these, um, and uh, we'll get to that in a moment. Uh, but yeah, just keep your hand up. And um, they'll come through and give that to you, or they'll just think you're really hungry for the Lord and you're just over there praying. Either way, it works. So uh, Matthew chapter 17, and uh, we'll start with verse number 14. Matthew chapter 17, verse 14 says this. When they came... To the crowd, a man approached Jesus and knelt before him. Lord, have mercy on my son, he said. He has seizures and is suffering greatly. He often falls into the fire or into the water. I brought him to your disciples, but they could not heal him. You unbelieving and perverse generation, Jesus replied. How long shall I stay with you? How long shall I put up with you? Bring the boy to me. And Jesus rebuked the demon and it came out of the boy and he was healed at that moment. Now look at verse 19. Then the disciples came to Jesus in private and they asked, why, why couldn't we drive it out? This, this father brings uh, uh, this, this son to us. He's being tormented. Why couldn't we drive it out? And look at verse 20. Now it could be said that verse 20 could even be our, our theme verse around here, but verse 20 says this as Jesus answers this question, he replies, Because you have so little faith, truly, I tell you, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, Move from here to there, and it will move. Nothing will be impossible for you. Oh, let me read verse 20 one more time, because as I said, I don't even know if we have a theme verse as a church. But this would be as close as it comes to Faith Assembly's theme verse, Matthew chapter 17, verse 20. Jesus replies and says, it's because you have so little faith. Truly I tell you, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here to there and it will move. Nothing will be impossible for you. Come on, the church said amen. Amen. And this even is the kind of inspiration behind our logo, and, and we've kind of had a new logo that's been showing up on stuff for quite a while now, and we've never really talked about it in, in this setting, and, uh, but, but there it is, there's our logo, and, um, and it's inspired by Matthew 17:20, which said, if you have faith, as small as a mustard seed. And so the, the uh, period there at the end of the word faith that's, that's the mustard seed. It represents the mustard seed. And that pathway, that unmistakable pathway is, is leading to at least a mustard seed worth of faith. In other words, we want to be a church that gets people on a journey to at least a mustard seed worth of faith so that they can see their mountains move. Come on, somebody say amen, right? <clears throat> and so that's what that represents the the, the pathway to a mustard seeds where the faith and then look at that the a i mean not the a the i the t and the h represents the mountain peak and i've kind of talked this through with some people and they're like it's like oh he's like oh okay i didn't know that didn't see that so yeah it's all there and it comes from this these verses in uh, in matthew chapter 17 really verse 20 and um The reason why we would share this today as part of this series of, of what kind of church is that we are a believing church is because I believe, I know, according to the word of God, that we should all be believing for something. Like at any point, somebody should be able to walk up to you on some random Thursday afternoon and say, what do you believe in God for? And you should have an answer. Oh, if we would just live that kind of life where we're just always believing for something. And sometimes God, I think, will allow things to happen or things to unfold in our life just so that we have something to believe him for. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes we can start going through life and, and it's just too good. And we just, we just stop believing God to move our mountains. So sometimes God will just let a mountain appear just so that we'll be reminded that we serve a God who moves mountains. Yeah. Now, that happened to me a few weeks back. Um, I, was, I went to the golf course with two of my sons. We were going there uh, just to hit some range balls and practice putting. Just kind of mess around, have some time together. And when we got there on that Saturday morning, the golf course was so crowded, all the parking lot was completely full, and everybody was parking just on this one curvy lane that kind of went around the parking lot. And uh, they don't normally park there, but when the lot gets full, people park there. So I was trying to park there, and I was going to parallel park, but it was also curvy, so it was kind of hard. And... My car kind of has some sort of like park assist type of feature that I haven't really used that much. So I thought, you know what? I'll try to use the park assist feature for the first time. And so I'm like punching buttons, trying to get this thing to kind of park for me. And, and as I'm doing, I'm kind of moving around a little bit. And so then I'm kind of rolling backwards slowly But I'm really focused on the screens and punching buttons. And I didn't underestimate kind of how much curve there was on the road. And so as it's going, all of a sudden, one or both of my sons yells out and goes, Dad, stop, whatever. And about the time they said, Dad, before they got to the word stop, I heard the crunching of two cars hitting one another. Now, one car was parked. (laughs) with nobody in it and one car was me rolling backwards while I focused on the the little computer screen inside the dash. And I know the sound of, of, of crunching, you know, cars when they're hitting together. And so after a moment of despair, I went straight into believing mode. I mean, I just sat there in the car and I started praying for God's body shop just to start to kick into gear. I'm serious. My sons, they got out of the car and started surveying the, the stuff and they're probably wondering, why is he still in the car? I just sat there going, oh Lord, please. And I just, I'm, I'm believing for this to work out okay. And um, so I sat there for a while after I worked through some things and I got out and I came around and I was expecting to see this whole fender just dented in because I, like I said, I, I felt it, I heard the, the sound and we got over there and my, one of my sons said, it's not that bad. And I looked, and it wasn't. It was a little mark on the front quarter panel right in front of the front tire of this pretty nice car. And uh, there wasn't much damage on mine at all. And so uh, I was like, okay, many miracles so far so good. Like, we're, we're, we're heading in the right direction here. And uh, so then I <clears throat> went over, and no one was around. I mean, there's cars everywhere. So I, I just got a, a piece of paper, and I started writing on this notebook paper. And uh, my sons were over on the uh, somewhere else waiting on getting stuff out of the car. And I'm writing on this notebook paper. And here's what I wrote on the notebook paper. I said, dear owner of this car, um, I accidentally backed into your car and you see a little damage there, a little scratch on the front quarter panel on the driver's side in front of the the, uh, front tire. And I said, uh, I'm writing this note right now because my sons are with me. And they think I'm leaving you my name and phone number. But there's no way I'm doing that. You won't be able to trace this back to me. Yours truly, William Boberson. I don't know. I like it. Making up. No, I didn't do that. Come on. You know better than that. It'd be funny, though, if somebody took that one little clip and it just posted that and said, just all those preachers are all alike. Look at that. No, I'm kidding. So I wrote no, and, and, and I said, I want, to, I want to handle this. I want to be responsible for this. We'll cover this. I'm so sorry, um, but here's my phone number. I left my phone number, very clear writing, left my name, uh, and I folded up and put it on his windshield where he could not miss it. So then the whole time at the, at the golf course, then we stayed and we tried to still have some decent fun, although it was kind of weighing on my mind a little bit, but I was just believing. What I was believing for, I was believing for no phone call, really. I was just... And I made it through the whole practice round there, as we were just kind of messing around. A couple of hours we were out there, and no phone call came. And I got home, and I started telling. Them there's, my house is full of people. When I got home, I told them what happened, and I said I left to know, but I'm just, I, but I, I'm just praying he doesn't call. And then someone in our, my house said, "Oh, they'll call." I said, "I don't need that in my life. I don't need that kind of, I don't need that kind of realism right now. I'm believing for something." And that whole day goes by, that whole evening goes by and no phone call. And uh, I mean, it goes 24 hours and then Sunday evening, Sunday afternoon, my phone rings and it's an unknown number and I just had that little pit in my stomach and I just had a feeling who it was. So I answered the phone. I said, hey. And uh, he said, "Uh, hey, you left a note on my car? I said, yeah, man, I'm sorry. Like I, I was trying to back in and got, you know, whatever. And so... He's like, well, man. He goes, that's really awesome that you left a note. I was like, well, yeah, it was kind of awesome, wasn't it? <laughs> we're, already, we're already finding some things to agree about, me and my new friend. And I said, yeah, ma'am, well, I said, I, I definitely want to take care of this, and so however you want to handle it, um, but you know, I, I'm, it's my fault, and I want to take care of this. And he goes, well, I could hardly even, I mean, I hardly could even see the damage. I said, you know, me too. It wasn't that bad, but... <laughs> And then I said, but hey, but I do want to, cause it's a nice car and I do want to take care of that. And then he said these words, I quote, he said, oh, I ain't tripping about that. I was like, if you ain't tripping, I'm not tripping either. Let's not trip together. Like, and I hung up the phone and I said, there you go. My mountain has been moved. I was believing for something. You say, well, that's a little goofy thing. That's not what Jesus is talking about. No, there are some small mountains in our life, and there are large mountains in our life. So sometimes we see God move the small mountains and gives us this faith that God's going to move the large mountains in our life. Yeah. And so we are a believing church. What, what? I mean, to try to separate the life of a Christian from the life of faith, you're going to have a hard time doing it. Hebrews eleven six 6 says, without faith, it's impossible to please God. So this thought of believing, this thought of faith in God coming through, this is a part of our life. What is faith? Well, that same Hebrews chapter 11, if you go to the verse 1, verse 6 says, "You we can't please God without faith. Verse 1 describes what faith is. Verse one says it this way. Faith shows the reality of what we hope for. It is the evidence of things we cannot see. Hebrews 11, one. Faith shows the reality of what we hope for. It is the evidence of things we cannot see. This is the kind of faith that Jesus was talking about in Matthew chapter 17 when he said, faith, if you just have it as small as a mustard seed, you can say this mountain, move from here there and it will happen. Nothing will be impossible for you. That's the kind of faith. What kind of faith is this? How do we know if I have faith in my life? Here here we go. Number one would be this. Faith sees the invisible. This is the kind of belief that Jesus is talking about. Faith that sees the invisible. And uh, this, this theme verse we've been talking about. Verse 20 in Matthew 17. If you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain. So here Jesus is encouraging us To speak out of our mouth and say to this mountain. Now, I don't know if it's happened to you, but I've been in the car before driving along and I've tried to say something to somebody in the, maybe the back seat of my car, maybe one of my kids, and I've said some sort of sentence, or I've asked a question, and I didn't get any response, and I've asked it again, and I didn't get any response, and I look back in the rear view, and I see that, that maybe one of my kids, they've had, they have a, a, something in-ears in, right, or, or AirPods in, and so they're listening to music, and so they can't hear me, and so normally in that situation, when I have said something to somebody, and they didn't hear me, normally what I start doing is I just stop talking, I've asked the question a couple times. I didn't get a response. I noticed they can't hear me. So I'm just going to stop talking. I'm not going to be waving my arms around, getting in a wreck, trying to get their attention, take those out. I'll just wait till later. Now, sometimes if my wife is in the car, she'll wave at him and get their attention and say, hey, dad was trying to tell you something. And they'll pull them out and say, no, what? And then maybe I'll ask my question again or I'll say my sentence again. But normally my initial reaction is just to stop talking. And this is where I feel like some people who are in this moment right now as part of this service, I feel like that's where you are. You say, well, I tried to talk to my mountain one time and it didn't seem like my mountain was listening. So I just stopped talking to it. Listen, faith will see the invisible. Faith will keep talking to mountains even if it seems like mountains don't have ears. You know what I'm saying? And so by the eyes of faith, I want you to picture whatever it is that your mountain is. I want you to picture the mountain of your marital problems or the mountain of your physical issues, the the diagnosis and the sickness and the pain. I want you to picture that in your mind, uh, the mountain of your emotional distress and the the loneliness and, and maybe you feel unloved. Picture that in your mind, the the mental attack, the anxiety, the the fear, the doubt. Picture maybe it's a a financial uh, issue that you're going through or something work-related. I want you to picture that mountain and then picture that mountain with some big old ears on it and see the invisible ears on that mountain because when you speak to a mountain, it listens. When you speak to a mountain, it listens. Faith Faith does not eliminate questions. No, faith knows where to direct the questions. We go, no, I'm standing on the promise of the word of God. And just because we want you to begin to speak to your mountains, we kind of have something interactive right now in the service. Right up here, there's going to be a QR code. And you can take your phone out and kind of zoom in on that QR code and hit the link. It's going to take you to um, a little bit of a moment where you can claim what mountain you're believing for. It'll have you maybe just enter your first name and then it'll have something in there and you can do it now or you can do it at the end of the service. But it's just a thing that's going to be, that's going to say your your first name, you're going to put what mountain you're believing God is going to move in your life because we all should be believing for something. Come on church, say amen to that. And then what's going to happen is once you submit that, you're going to get a, a, a kind of a letter from God with a lot of scripture that's gonna just give you an encouragement uh, to know this, that faith sees the invisible. Because you know who else hears you when you speak to your mountain? Do you know who else hears that? God hears that. God hears that when you speak to your mountain. 1 John chapter 5, verse 14 says it this way. This is the confidence we have in approaching God, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. This is what gives us the ability. This is the kind of faith that sees the invisible. Faith not only sees the invisible, but faith believes the unbelievable. And we'll, we'll put that, that, that code up again at the end of the service if you didn't get a chance to get that. But faith also believes the unbelievable. Look at what Jesus said in this, our theme verse for the day, if not our theme verse uh, for a while, but he said, say this mountain, move from here to there. And then Jesus said, it will move. It will move. A mountain moving? Well, but that's unbelievable. Well, I know. We have the kind of faith that believes the unbelievable. And most scholars think that as Jesus was using this metaphor and this illustration, that he was standing somewhere near the Mount, uh, uh, Mount Hermon. And so that literally he points to Mount Hermon, which was almost 10,000 feet tall, that he points literally to that mountain. And he, and he says this, he says, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, he said, you can say to this mountain. And so picture Jesus pointing to an actual mountain and saying, and if you tell it to move, it will move. I mean, you want to talk about unbelievable. You want to talk about like this moment of, of faith, this moment of belief. A lack of belief in that moment, or in any moment, a lack of belief is the presence of unbelief. Like, that's the choice that these people that, that were hearing this in that moment had to, had to choose. Do I choose belief? If I don't believe this, then I guess I would have to classify that as unbelief. And, and you may want to write this down if you're taking notes, but unbelief is a thief, Unbelief will rob you. It robs us of God's supernatural power in our life. And so we've got to guard ourselves against unbelief. I read about something that happened decades ago. And uh, there was a a, a guy in Paris who was quite the buzz. And this was, like I said, many, many decades ago. But he was a tightrope walker. And he would set up on these different areas, uh, famous areas in Paris. And he would walk across the tightrope and everybody would gather to watch him. And it was quite an ordeal. It was, it was quite the entertainment. He would walk across and then he'd make it across and then he would blindfold himself and he would walk across again. Now blindfolded. Everybody would ooh and ah down below. And then he would stay blindfolded. And he would take a wheelbarrow and he'd walk across. Now the tightrope blindfolded with a wheelbarrow. Everybody would be freaking out and just couldn't believe it. And People started writing articles and writing stories about him. And it came all the way to the States that there was an article about this tightrope. They called him Tightrope. That was his nickname. And uh, they called him Tightrope. And there they was an article here. And some promoter here in the States reads this article about Tightrope. And he has an idea. And he sends a message. He sends a letter to Tightrope. And he says, look, I have an idea. I don't think you could do it. But I'd like to propose uh, and and invites you over to do your act to walk across Niagara Falls. He says, "I don't think you can do it, but if you can, I will pay for your trip over. Probably come over by boat, and I'll pay for your trip over, and and uh, I'll give you a lucrative amount of money if you can do this. But uh, I understand if you can't. Well, tightrope gets that message. He sends a message back to the promoter, and he says, "I'll do it. I'll I'll, I'll be there." And so they set up a date and they start promoting and now people have come out to Niagara Falls. He's gonna start on the Canada side, walk across a very treacherous part of uh, Niagara Falls and the day's come, everybody's there, everybody's excited, tightrope is getting ready to do it and uh, he starts off his act with the blindfold and he goes walking across from the Canada side, walking across the tightrope, Niagara Falls going crazy beneath him and he makes it across The uh, tightrope and the promoters on the other side and tightrope goes straight to the promoter and he says, do you believe that I can do that now? And he said, well, yes, I believe you can do it. He goes, no, no, no. Do you really believe that I can do it? And the promoter said, well, of course I really believe you can do it. I just saw you do it, of course. And he goes, no, 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 I'm asking, do you really, really believe that I can do it? And the promoter said, I don't understand, but yes, I really, really believe you can do it. And then tightrope said to the promoter, well, then get into the wheelbarrow. (laughs) How many knows it's sometimes easier to say, I believe, It's a little easier to do that than to somehow sometimes get into the wheelbarrow. Like sometimes it's easier to say, I mean, God, I mean, I believe you can heal. It's a whole nother thing when we get the report from the doctor and we got to get into the wheelbarrow. God, I know, I know that you can heal my finances, but it's a whole nother thing when I got to get in the wheelbarrow and start being a good steward and start tithing. It's a whole nother thing. It's easy just to say we believe. It's another thing to get in the wheelbarrow. But the word belief, Like in the Greek, the word belief literally means to live by. Like this is not just some, this is not just some concept. I I guess I could say it this way: no one believes in nothing. You either believe, you either believe God's going to do it for you, or will you believe God's not gonna do it? You either believe God's going to heal you or you believe God's not gonna heal you. You either believe God will or you believe God won't. You either believe God can or you believe God can't. You either believe it will happen or you believe it won't happen. Let's be people who believe. I wanna run this uh, video um, real quick. It's a guy in our church named Richard, who a couple uh, couple, uh, weeks back, we had a prayer service on Wednesday night where we prayed for healing. He was not able to be here, uh, but he joined the service from his home. And I want you to hear about what happened.
0: I'm 66, and as a senior, uh, Tinnitus of the ear is common for people and it caused that, that noise that was bothering me so much. And it was help, not helping me to sleep. Well, the experience started when the pastor declared fasting for 21 days and the divine healing was uh, obtained through a service on Wednesday, January the 26th. And I was uh, listening to the service from my house. For a certain reason, I wasn't able to make it Wednesday. I was on the spirit. I, I was the so, anointing was so strong. I got up mm-hmm. out of my seat and started worshiping God, just like I was in the service. I was on the started praying. It's a healing service. It's a Wednesday, so when they started praying for the healing, I was just I was just uh, in the conviction to ask the Lord for my healing on my tinnitus. Ringing the ear, but it was like a thumb, 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 like a pulsating in my ear sound like a heartbeat really bothered me so I said they mentioned the ear healing I said God that's me so I raised up my hand I touched the TV said God in your name I'm healed and you just learned the grace of God so our father he cared for small things too and to me that was a big deal because it was bothersome so I got healed from the Tantanus Immediately I felt the pressure gone. Within three days, my pain was completely gone, and the, the ears were not ring anymore. So this church has an anointing for by ears.
1: <laughs> Amen. How I loved the part of that story pictured him in his house just getting up and putting his hand on the TV. I love that move of faith. How do you get to that point of? of believing. How do you get to that level of, of faith? Romans ten seventeen kind of says how that happens. It says faith comes from hearing. See, something has been happening even in this environment, in this room. The, as, as we have been looking at the word of God and just looking and kind of bragging about the power of God to move mountains, what has happened is some of you came in with a little bit less faith than you're going out with. Like Even right now, some of you are starting to think, actually, Maybe God could move my mountain. Maybe God would intervene in my situation. Maybe God could bring healing. Maybe God could put my marriage back together. Some of you are starting to believe for that, and the reason why you're starting to believe that is because faith comes from hearing. That is hearing the good news about Christ. That's why a, a video like that is so important, hearing the good news. We want so many people to hear what God is doing, that there's a new card in the seat that will be there kind of from now on, and it's just a praise card. Simply a card, because we just expect mountains to be moving all the time, because that's what we are. We are a believing church. We're just going to brag on God. And so I'm going to tell you right now, plan on it. When God moves your mountain, I want you to not, you can't wait to get up in church, grab a praise card, start writing out what what mountain God moved in your life this week, and we're going to celebrate that together. We won't make some grand production about every single one, but some of them we might And we certainly might talk about to build one another's faith because faith comes from hearing. I mean, good good faith comes from what we hear, but you know what? Everything we believe comes from what we hear. So if you're filling your life with bad messaging, you're going to believe the wrong things. Yeah. Like some of you that struggle with with self-image, you didn't struggle with that until someone told you what you were. You didn't think you were ugly till you heard somebody say something about you being ugly. You didn't think you were stupid till somebody said you were stupid. You didn't think you were worthless till somebody said you're worthless. And what happened? You heard it and you you started believing it. That's why we gotta be intentional about being in environments like this where the word of God is preached in its truth so that we can grab a hold of it and say, no, this is what I believe. This is what I believe about me. This is what I believe about my situation. Because a belief sees the invisible, a faith that believes the unbelievable, and finally, a faith that receives the impossible. Oh, this is the good part. A faith that receives the impossible. This is the kind of faith Jesus was talking about because in that same chapter 17 of Matthew, verse 20, verse 20 ends like this. Nothing will be impossible for you nothing will be impossible for you. That is a bold statement. Because we live in a world, like in a natural world, where we understand what the word impossible means. But Jesus said, nothing will be impossible. And I think what makes this important is is where it's coming from. In other words, like, I had this idea this morning when we were talking about the the time change next week, and it's the bad time change, okay? It's not the good one. We lose an hour next week. And I had this idea that the state of Florida, I heard that we, at one point, we're going to vote on this, but I'm just going to declare it. The state of Florida, we're not going to do it, all right? So there it is. I declared it. We're not going to do it. Now, that's one plan, or we could do my second plan, which is between now, it's 60 minutes is what it gets put back, right? Or spring forward, I mean. So what we're going to do is over the next six days, we're just going to do 10 minutes a day. We're going to spring forward just 10 minutes a day. Now, how many knows if you tried that, my plan of 10 minutes a day, um, you're going to be in trouble at work. All right. Like there's going to be some problems at work. There's going to be some problems with some of the appointments that you had when you show up at the wrong time and your boss is going to be looking at you going, what's going on? And you say, oh, it got announced. This is what we're doing. <laughs> and your boss would be like, who announced it? Like Governor DeSantis? No, my pastor announced it. Now you may think that that's cute, but your boss is not gonna think that's cute. Your boss is gonna go, it came from who? Because the um, the accuracy of a statement, like how much I can lean on a statement kinda comes from who said it. And so if just somebody around your life said, oh, but don't worry, nothing's impossible. You may go, well, I mean, that's easy to say, but that's a whole different thing to live. But this is not just anybody. This is the God of the universe. Everything was formed at his command. And Jesus tells you, nothing's going to be impossible for you. Now, yes, it's according to his will. And in that... Nothing's impossible, but it doesn't mean that all things are promised. It doesn't mean even that all things are probable. And sometimes that can get into our head because we go, well, one time I prayed a certain way and it didn't happen. So I guess there are impossibilities. No, here's the thing. Even if I prayed about something in the past and it didn't come out like I thought it was going to, it does not mean that anything is impossible for me now. It does not mean that everything, everything is still possible. Even if I had some stuff turn out a way that I didn't expect it in the past. Now, because of who said it, this is true. All things are possible. John chapter 14, verse 13 says it this way. Whatever you ask in my name, this I will do that the Father may be glorified in the Son. God wants to be glorified in your life. I mean, God wants people around your life to look at you and go, what happened to that mountain? You'd be like, oh, it moved. How did that happen? That's impossible. Oh, it's not impossible for the God I serve. See, what sometimes, what sometimes what doubters do is we invert the metaphor. And we start running around going, well, it takes, if I had a mountain's worth of faith, then I could move this mustard seed. That's not how Jesus said it. No, Jesus said just a mustard seed of faith. It's not even really, it's not even a matter of like how good your faith is. It's not a matter of like uh, how much faith you have. Just, I mean, just the littlest mustard seed of faith can move a mountain. Thank you, Jesus. It's like, is there any faith at all there? And if there's some, it's, it's not that there has to be a, 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 a thousand pounds of faith. No, if there's some faith, if the presence of faith is there at all, then the impossible can happen. I kind of thought about it as Jesus is using this um, on purpose, this intentional hyperbole, the smallest thing you can think of and the largest thing you can think of. My mind kind of went to kind of like a, a nuclear reaction these these nuclear reactions are, are so dangerous because a a small amount a, a small uh, you know reaction can unleash this incredible force and this massive amount of energy. I read up a little bit about uh, these uh, these um, nuclear reactions and these in these in these uh, bombs, and they said that there could be like a a bomb that's maybe six hundred pounds. So it's maybe that weighs maybe about like a car engine. So not the whole car, but just just the car engine block, maybe an eight-cylinder would be about 600 pounds. And one nuclear reaction could be that size or that heavy, but when it's detonated, it would release this much power. It would release a blast that would be equivalent to 1.2 million tons of dynamite. 1.2 million tons of dynamite from one 600-pound bomb. And it's hard for us to imagine that kind of devastation. And this is the kind of hyperbole Jesus is wanting you, you to imagine, that if you just, if you have a little bit of faith, oh, it will unleash all kinds of devastation on your mountain. Just a little bit of faith go so far. Some of you have been so bummed out because you run around comparing yourself going, I don't have faith like him. I don't have faith like her. I don't have a lot of faith. I'm not a man of faith. I'm not this. I'm not that. Listen, take a breath. Relax. And Jesus would say to you, can you just find a mustard seeds worth? Yeah. Matter of fact, I want you to take now this in your hand. and That's what these are. These are mustard seeds. I mean, if you took one out of the bag, you'd probably lose it. It's so small. Think about if you dropped one and then, well, now find your mustard seed. There's no way you could. Such a small, tiny. And then you could compare that against that mountain that you imagined earlier in this service. As I was praying for this service, God really convicted me for a moment. I'll tell you the truth. God said, there's going to be people that are walking in with very real mountains because we've been posting on social media, like bring your mountain, making it cute. And God was saying, for some people, this isn't a, this isn't a little cute thing. God spoke to me and said, for, this isn't just a rah, rah, rah message and you'll feel good if everybody's all rah, rah, rah. No, there are real mountains. There's addictions that need to be broken. There's relationships that need to be put back together. There's lives that are on the edge and they need a miracle. But no matter what those are, whatever is represented, nothing is too difficult for God. All these things that I mentioned, they may scare you, but they don't scare God. And God would say, if you can just tap into one seed, of faith, your mountain will move.
0: I hope you enjoyed listening to the Faith Assembly podcast. Thank you for joining us in pursuit of growing closer to Christ. Stay tuned for more messages released every week. God bless.